What's up, everybody, and welcome to our review of AEW Revolution. I am joined once again with Brad Hardcastle. Brad, how are you doing? I am quite excellent. How are you doing, Mike? I am doing well. How is the rest of the IWC doing, the yeah, internet sure. wrestling culture? Well, uh, we'll get to it, but I'm sure they're going pretty crazy. It's a, it's a mixed bag, a bit of a trash <laughs> fire right now. Yeah. Um, a bit more of an explosion than... AW Revolution had oh. yeah. burn, sick burn, sick burn. We'll get okay. to it. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, um, this pay per view for me had the highest of expectations. Um, part of that is just a really excellent build. The mm-hmm. past uh, three weeks, they've done a fantastic job ramping up to this uh, to this pay per view specifically. The Sting and Darby match has hit an absolute fucking crescendo at the perfect time. Mm-hmm. Um, the Kenny versus Moxley build has been pitch perfect as well. Um, there you had Paul White and Tony Khan hyping up. Well, first introducing Paul White and then saying that they were going to have a Hall of Fame caliber or a Hall of Fame worthy signing unveiled signing a contract at the pay-per-view they had that it might not be who everyone wanted but it should have been who they expected i'll get into that again later if you're sad about that then tweet at me and we could talk but that that's that's a good uh i liked it they laid it all out they laid it all out for us ahead of time i predicted this as soon as they said it Mm mm-hmm I predicted who it was as soon as they said it. I said it on the last stream who I thought it was going to be. And it's exactly who I said. Yeah. For the very reasons that I said it. Anywho. Um, yeah. The one thing was I thought this show, despite hitting most of its spots, missed on the one that mattered the most. And that, and we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. Firstly, let's uh, start with the... I don't even like to really call it the pre-show, the uh, the buy-in, because honestly, this was one of the, this was a very good match. It was. I was thoroughly entertained by this match, and it gave us a I don't know if I should call it a debut, but a huge surprise. Yeah, this match had Thunder Rosa and Riho versus Britt Baker and originally Rebel, but Tony Khan and they teased it last week on Dynamite, or this, I guess, this past week on Dynamite. Um, yeah, I don't even know what is. That Rebel was trying to get out of the match with a doctor's note, and Britt Baker comes out, says that Rebel is not taking is not taking part in this match. That there's a doctor's note. She won't she won't be here. So Britt has brought in a replacement, and she clears the stage, says that uh, her partner is going to come out, and the music hits. And at first I thought it was Yuka Sakazaki's music. Mm-hmm. But then out comes Ito-chan. Yeah. Maki Ito, the cutest in the world. And I lost my fucking mind. Yeah, what you call yourself on Twitter? The Lord of Shit or something. <laughs> yeah, the Lord of Shit. I it's just amazing. She comes out with her music, mm-hmm. with her with her singing, with her dance. And the music was actually way too low. And I think it was even lower at the beginning of the song. Um, so you could even see Maki Ito pulled her uh, her ear pierce out, her ear pierce, her earpiece out at one point. I think yeah. they were having some issues with her music, but uh, 
It was great. The pop was huge, mm-hmm. especially for the pre-show, because I don't even know if everybody was in the stands yet. Um, yeah. It was yeah, a huge surprise. Like, I did not expect it at all. And so... It's yeah, she like came they, in... Sorry, I just interrupted you. Oh, I was going to say, they just they pulled some, some trickery on us, some magic. Because mm-hmm. she just was on uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro, like, uh, two nights ago or something like that. Yeah, it's a uh, he, or what was it? Um, yeah, yeah, she was she was in Japan, so yeah, they they pulled some some magic some magic airplane shit here. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Uh, I had heard, or you had heard that. Yeah, I saw uh, on Twitter. I forget who said it. it Might have been Tiger Driver, or I don't want to misquote anyone, but I forget who said it. But they said that. The last couple of Tokyo Joshi Pro shows were taped, so she's actually been here a lot longer. But yeah, got into an argument with another dude online saying that didn't happen. So who knows? I mean, none of us know. In yeah. the, I doubt right, they would. Um, AEW would risk the safety of their performers just for that. They could they could have waited, and it'd still been as impactful of her coming out if they couldn't get her here before the quarantine time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And. Excalibur did mention that they had that her two previous matches in Japan for the uh, in her tournament took place in one day. So it's possible that they rushed those two, that they did a favor for AEW and then got her to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in, in enough time for them to legally quarantine. And well, I mean, they're in Florida, so who knows what. The yeah, it's po- been, I mean, the AEW's been good about keeping people quarantined, like in the crowd and stuff, and mm-hmm. the wrestlers. So I, I doubt mean, they the would very, slip up sorry. now. At the very least, you know they would have tested her, because mm-hmm. as Cody says, there are some hallways you can't even walk down without getting tested. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So this this match started, and uh, the. The highlight right away is uh, is is Ido and Rosa exchanging shots. She does her uh, Ido does her spot where she she starts crying, mm-hmm. um, wailing, and Excalibur puts it over huge. He's like, "Oh, Rosa, what have you done? <laughs> what have you done to poor Ido Chan?" And of course, it brings Rosa in for Ido to give her a cheap shot. As well, there was a large number of birds flipped in this match yeah. um, by everybody except for Riho. <laughs> yeah, Riho's, the, she's too nice. She's not going to do that. Yeah, but this was all led by the love about Ido Chan, mm-hmm. who, uh, who was flipping birds with every uh, submission hold that she, that she did. The match is going the way of the faces until Britt Baker is able to grab Riho from the outside, pull her to the outside of the ring. The heels isolate Riho with Baker primarily taking advantage of the mu- of the much smaller opponent, wearing her down with her with her with her viciousness, like her her cravat where she like hits her with the knees and the nose and everything. It's it's really really brutal, mm-hmm. really brutal stuff. And then the tide turns and we see Rosa get the hot tag. She hits her combination l- knees lariat and drop kick combination on Baker. And then the moment at this point, then in the middle of the match, the momentum swinging back and forth with all the ladies getting involved. Mackie hits her Kakeshi. Britt hits her super kick. 
Rosa hits an enzigiri before Ido takes control with a big tornado DDT. And Ido almost ends the match with a beautiful transition into a single leg crab on Riho, which this is one of my favorite things that she does. Yeah, her transitions, she's smooth like butter, man. Yeah, it's a, it's she, it's beautiful. She just rolls right into it. Mm-hmm. It's it's awesome to watch. Um, as we're heading to the end, Britt and Rosa, they're sprinting to the finish. They're exchanging pinning attempts. They're exchanging finisher attempts before Rebel, no worse for the wear, jumps up on the apron and hits Rosa in the head with her crutch, knocking her out. The heels get the one, two, three. I honestly, for pre-show, I thought this was four stars. I, th- yeah. I thought it was great. It was really good. It was a lot of fun. Did they show uh, Rebel's doctor note? Or did they just... No. Just, no, okay. it's fake. Because I was hoping it'd be <laughs> written by Britt Baker. Because that'd be funny, because it, it's technically a doctor's note, but Britt Baker's a dentist, so it would be like, if you have leg problems or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was, it was really cool. I uh, I liked that a lot. I thought it started the show hot. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, you you could have you could have told me that that wasn't the uh, the buy in, and I would have bought it. Yeah, yeah, and it's it. I mean, obviously, we just talked about Ito shocking me because I thought it was going to be for sure. Uh, Thund- or almost said Thunder Rosa, Nyla Rose. We were talking about this last night. Too many similar names. I almost, I'm just mixed up Thunder Rosa and Nyla Rose. But I'm so happy Ito's there. I hope she can stay for a couple weeks so they can get a lot of stuff out of her. She does have a match next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she was on, I guess she was on BTE this week. She was. Dark I, haven't, so, I haven't uh, caught that yet. I did catch that one clip where she, she runs in the room and they all start celebrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so next we had MJF versus... Uh, MJF versus... MJF and Chris Jericho versus the Young Bucks. Um, you missed this match, uh, correct, was, or no? I was. It was on my phone and I was eating dinner with okay. my family, so I had it turned down. So I didn't give it the full attention I, I should have. But uh, what were your what were your expectations for this one going in? Um, pretty classic tag team style with because Chris Jericho and MJF are in it. I didn't think it'd be as fast paced as most Young Bucks matches, uh, and I thought that Jericho and MJF would split up by the end of it. But when we get through this match, we'll we're probably gonna see that coming sooner rather than later. But yeah, I, I didn't have like two high of expectations. They were just because I didn't really know what to expect. But I thought it'd be a pretty solid match. And uh, it's probably my weakest match on the card. But just because, like I said, I was eating dinner when this was going on. So I wasn't giving it my full attention. Yeah, I, on the other hand, really liked it. I thought mm-hmm. this was one of the matches that was the cleanest, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I thought it did exactly what it wanted to do in the perfect amount of time. And I thought it executed on everything it was trying to do. It started off hot right away with uh, the Bucks coming right out of the shoot. I did Um, like that. I like when there's like a blood feud like that going and mm -hmm. you just start off just beating each other up. Yeah, they they had the double leg takedowns and just hammering on Mm -hmm. Chris Jericho and, uh, and MJF. The Bucks went for broke from with their intensity from the from the very beginning, which makes perfect sense because it's two brudge, two brothers avenging the assault of their father the mm-hmm. week before. It's like okay, yes, um, they did a good job heating this up, and this this makes sense. Um, the inner circle got back into it, got back into the match with just classic 
underhanded heel work, Mm -hmm. slowing the pace down to a crawl, mugging and strutting and preening for the crowd the whole time, doing the Young Bucks pose, doing the Ric Flair strut, Mm -hmm. um, doing that thing where they step on the Young Bucks as they're lying on the ground. Yeah. Um, Every... I was going to say MJF's entrance attire too, before I forget was so corny. I loved it. It looked like wallpaper or something. Oh, is that like, it's like the, almost like a religious Yeah. He had like robe. a big robe. Yeah. yeah he, <laughs> he wore that at the last uh, revolution. Yeah. At the, at the first one, that's where he broke it's that out. Ridiculously corny. And I liked it a lot. Yeah. They're, uh, they're they're doing all the all of this while playing in their half of the ring, isolating Matt Jackson, who is still like for the past like twenty five years selling his back injury, which <laughs> yeah, I love. It's been going on since before AEW started. When was it when the Young Bucks and the Golden Lovers were feuding? Is that when the oh, back yeah. problems started? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's it, like three I think, years ago. I think it started originally from a match with uh Actually, Trent and uh, yeah, and Rocky Romero. They were still juniors. Yeah, so that's been going on. Yeah, Rapongi Vice. Yeah, that's been going on for a while. <laughs> yeah, he took a. I think he took like a big back body drop or like a power bomb on the stage in New mm-hmm. Japan, and that's uh, that's where this came from. Yeah, he's he's got a back like mine <laughs> and mine, <laughs> yeah. like everybody over thirty, really. Yeah. I mean, he. I think he's. I think he's thirty-five. So you know, it makes sense. Yeah. So I just thought this was really classic heel tag work um, that would work in any generation, um, it, which made it all that more satisfying when Matt got the hot tag into Nick, and Nick even busted out his first, the first destroyer we've seen in any in AEW for months. Yeah. Um, they actually they put that move on, like put it in the closet for a while. And then they busted it out a couple times on this pay per view. Um, Matt in action, Matt in action, Matt Jackson brilliantly blocked a Judas effect with a super kick, which I really liked. Yeah. Um, then Matt got hit with uh, with Floyd the Bat, setting up MJF to to hit the Heat Seeker, which is such a brutal finisher. I love that finishing move. Which it's one of my favorites. I was sure that was going to get them the win, and mm-hmm. it did not. It was a near fall. And as we're nearing the end of the match, the Bucks catch MJF with a truly satisfying ping pong back and forth super kick party, where his his head is going back and forth between like five or six uh, super kicks back and mm-hmm. forth, and he's spinning around like a top <laughs> yeah. while it's happening. Um, he looks like a complete goof. It is fantastic. And then they hit. Jericho with the Meltzer driver for the one two three, I thought like this was like a four point two five for this match. Like yeah. I, I thought it, I thought it just really delivered. I'm gonna have to go back and watch it because I was eating and trying to watch it on my phone. But I'll have to go back and watch it because I I liked it. I but yeah, uh, I'll definitely have to go back and watch it. I can't really give it a rating just yet. I I didn't like it as much the first time I watched it mm-hmm. because. Um, it's just the it was the star of the show. I was a little distracted. Sometimes the hype is getting me a little. Uh, it takes me a little while Can't settle to down set, to settle my nerves and mm-hmm. to settle down for what's going to be like a three and a half four hour show. And um, I was like, I was checking my phone, seeing if you were going to be on. Like I was just, I was, I was mm-hmm. all over the place. I hadn't settled down yet. So yeah. uh, 
I was I eating a big that... old bowl of macaroni, so it was hard to pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is good. I I do recommend watching it. It reminds me, in the sense, it was almost it was like a low key, very polished match in this in the same way that the Young Bucks versus Proud and Powerful were at mm-hmm. full gear two years ago. Yeah, it's like that type of match. Okay, like a low key, very very good tag match. Okay. Yeah, okay. I have to watch it again because I'm sure it's great, but I just wasn't giving it my full attention. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this next one we had the Casino Battle Royale tag team version. Um, did you? Ha- what were your expectations for this one? Um, I honestly didn't really have any because it's a battle royale, so it's kind of mm-hmm. hard to set expectations because mm-hmm. battle royales either. They kind of just go one or two ways. Either they're great or they're they're not very good. Like I haven't just seen a battle royale that's like, well, that was okay. But I thought there'd be at least one surprise team, but I don't remember any surprise team. So, but yeah, I mean, they met and exceeded my expectations. I mean, I liked I liked some of the story beats they did in it, and uh, they made some tag teams like like Bear Country and Butcher and the Blade and. Uh, uh, drag Dragon Express, Jurassic Express, look really <laughs> good. So I was happy with it. Yeah, it's it's funny. You're uh, it's almost like you're like you're reading my notes here. Yeah, um, yeah. Those those were the exact almost the exact same highlights I had. Um, I kind of thought that for for the first bit of this battle royale, it was your typical standard battle royale fair. Um, with the entrance coming in, two team coming in a team at a time, so two mm-hmm. guys at a time. It was a little nondescript, and uh, not too much stuff was standing out. But I will talk about some of my standouts. The first one being Bear Country, as you said. Yeah, I thought they looked fantastic on the on the big stage. They had some ridiculous double team moves. They eliminated Grayson, which was cool. Yeah, um, they did that double power bomb one of them did i don't know even how yeah they they, did uh, that, <laughs> they had a guy up for a power bomb and then uno went for a cross body and got caught yeah so he slammed both of them that's yeah. bear boulder he's incredible and then the other bear country guy did a like a michinoku driver like and squash someone else it was cool yeah just yeah awesome like it dropped a guy head first on top of another guy mm-hmm. great stuff um they had that slow simmering rivalry between them and Butcher and the Blade, which I like. Yes. Um, I think we're going to see that play out soon. I hope so. Because um, that's one thing I've noticed Butcher and Blade haven't been on Dynamite in a while. And I miss yeah, them a not lot. as much. They've been running in in certain instances, mm-hmm. but they haven't really been in a match. Other than, I think, maybe three weeks ago. I think they might have actually been in the main event. That's true. That's true. You're right. You're right. I just need um, some of that Butcher drip. You know, <laughs> so some of that uh, mustache wax. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So we actually had QT Marshall appeared to have a heel turn yeah. in this match. Um, he eliminated the Gun Club, and then when Dustin questioned him on it, he said, "We're going for the championships." And then he was put off by Dustin yelling at him. So he's like, "You know what? Screw you!" And he hopped his his own ass over the top mm-hmm. rope and just walked off. I was like. Okay, I think he cool. spit at Dustin too. He did. He yeah. he hopped over the top rope and then spit at him and walked away. So I like that. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that may come into effect Cody in some way. Um, we don't know what 
Cody's story is going to be going forward. So I'm interested in that. Um, then the match didn't really pick up until Jurassic Park came in. But when they did, oh boy, did like yeah, man. the intensity made, ratcheted right up. When they first got in, they made Luchasaurus look like it. Which it seems to be the case for their battle royales lately. It's like mm-hmm. Luchasaurus like, looks like a million bucks in these. Luchasaurus got signed off of his appearance in a battle royale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> off of the original Casino Battle Royale. He was he was the highlight of it for people, yeah. and it made him a fan favorite, and then he got signed the next day. Yeah. I just lost my breath. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so they always look good in battle royales. Um, as the crowd thinned down to four people, we had Jungle Boy, Silver, Pac, and Phoenix. So that is three teams being represented um silver paired off with pack and this was an absolute dream match i didn't know i wanted and i didn't yeah, know no. i needed um yeah. yeah yeah after they squared off i i we were talking to each other and i was like we, i need this match to happen now like a yeah. 20 minute match they were like two miniature powerhouses just mm-hmm. mirroring each other shot for shot yeah like just two absolute pit bulls going to war silver actually got the advantage in this matchup but then phoenix ran the ropes and kicked him in the head and eliminated him um then jungle boy eliminated pack and this left jungle boy versus phoenix and right away i was just like okay jungle boy's gonna win this and it's somehow gonna feed into with ftr and the bucks and i was going through and fantasy booking this. And as soon as that happened, Ray Phoenix eliminated jungle boy (laughs) after a flurry of ridiculousness. Yeah. They did the typical Ray Phoenix suicide dive where he always goes over the guardrail, takes out the first like two or three rows of people. Yeah. It it was awesome. It was, it was really good stuff. Um, I mean, the, the ending was phenomenal overall. I would say the match was good. Um, mm-hmm. It was a little uneven. I thought the second half was much better than the first half. Yeah. I would give it a three and a half out of five. So it was good. Yeah, that's, or I'd probably good, say that too. Good to very that's good. Like, yeah, it's like, like I was saying, like Battle Royales, they're hard to, to rate and stuff because it just depends. Like, But when you have a really good Battle Royale, you know it. But mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. like it, it was really good near the end. But like when you had like the, the lower card and mid card guys in there, it's like, oh, okay mm-hmm. all right when's this gonna i was waiting for the stories to start cropping up and i wasn't really seeing them yeah in this match yeah once the qt marshall stuff happened is that's when it started mm-hmm. getting really good mm-hmm. okay so this next match this one was actually a long one this was a uh, shida versus rio mizunami this, yeah, match this is was probably like my just pure match of the night without any like gimmicks or anything in the matches this match is this is i mean it makes sense with who's in it this is the match for people who like japanese style wrestling Mm -hmm. whether it be king's road style or strong style or strong style strong style being the strikes king's road being the drop you on your head Mm -hmm. um type of stuff yeah just just great stuff it it starts off it's a really hard-hitting affair with Rio really rising to the challenge in this one and in her mind she doesn't really have to because she has faced um she's faced Hikaru Shida over the years and Hikaru Shida has never beaten her um she's actually told Hikaru Shida 10 years ago that 
you cannot beat me. You never will beat me. Mm-hmm. And she never has. So she's she's controlling the action, but she's also taunting Sheeta the whole time. And the the commentators are really pointing this out, that this is pissing Sheeta off and that Rio might actually be underestimating her because Sheeta's a different wrestler than she used to be. Yeah. She's a champion now. She's been a champion for over a year at this point, I think, or just under a year. Yeah, um, it's... She, I can't remember when she won it. It was it was right before quarantine, so it might be about a year now. Yeah, it's right around a year, the year mark at this point. Because um, there was a crowd when she won it, because I remember them going nuts. Mm-hmm. Hold on, I'm going to look this up while you talk. Yeah, so she she's she's knocking Sheeta around the ring, but she's taunting her. And eventually they go up to the top rope, and Sheeta's just had enough. And she grabs her off the top rope, walks her over onto the ramp, and hits her with a crunchy. And I don't know if I've ever seen uh, Sheeta use a crunchy before, but I was like, oh, damn. Is that the, what she did the on the, the, the on entranceway? The yeah, yeah, and she did that smile afterwards. I love that part. Yeah, she did like a little smile, flipped the hair out of her eyes, mm-hmm. like... It's like okay, like uh, like she de- she does not here to play, um. Yeah, and uh, and as I said, Excalibur and Jarrah smartly noted that uh, uh, Shido is tired of being disrespected by Rio, and uh, and then so Shida heads back in the ring and smartly, and almost this is like a a shot to Rio. Uh, like almost like a little challenge, she tried to get Rio counted out the way Rio has tried to has tried to implement that strategy all throughout the tournament. <laughs> um, as Sheeta gets back in the ring, things really pick up with obviously you know the fighting spirit's going to come out in these two eventually, and they just start blasting each other with headbutts, knees, elbows, lariats. Rio hits her Fire Thunder Tombstone Driver, which she won the last match with. Um, I believe it was the last match. She definitely won a match in the uh, in the tournament. That's what she beat Yuka with. Yeah. Um, and her uh, and her diving leg drop, which is again extremely believable near falls on this one because those have those are her finishers. Yeah. The, and they did not the diving the leg champ. drop near fall actually got me. Mm-hmm. Like I, they both I got that me. Was it. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, those are powerful moves, mm-hmm. and she'd eventually charges up with this i can only call it like she charges up like goku mm-hmm. and just unleashes unleashes this devastating corkscrew knee strike yeah that just what'd you say was like a like a street fighter move is what you said yeah. last night <laughs> yeah that's a, like she was she it was like she reached back and like was like holding like it was like she was gonna hadouken her yeah with a fireball gets her for the one two three this was exactly my kind of match it was mm-hmm. a slow build that that was hard hitting, that built to a furious crescendo at the end. Yeah. This is exactly what I love about Japanese style pro wrestling. Yeah, this was awesome. Uh, yeah, like you're saying, if you're a fan of Japanese style pro wrestling, definitely watch this match. There's just two ladies beating the hell out of each other, and it was awesome. And I looked it up, and she has been the champ since May of last year. Okay, so just under a year then. Yeah, she won it. Her and Nyla Rose had that. Uh, no DQ falls count anywhere match. That was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then we have a post match here, and uh, Nyla runs out and she starts beating down Sheeta. Rio jumps in to Sheeta's defense. Um, they start beating up Nyla. 
then out comes Baker, out comes Mackie Ito with Rebel, um, Vicky Guerrero comes out, and I noticed th- all these ladies were wearing red. Mm-hmm. So I think we might see potentially the forming of a stable or some sort of group. Maybe this is just an expansion of the Vicious Vixens, which is what uh, Nyla and Vicky Guerrero are. So they're beating down Rio and Sheeta. Out comes Thunder Rosa for the save. They chase them off. Um, there is actually a match announced for next week. I, I couldn't find online who the uh, who's involved in it, but Mackie Ito's in it, Britt Baker's in it, Nyla Rose. I think that's it. That's the heels. That's the heels, and then the faces. Oh, are... the faces were in the ring. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so the people involved in this uh, in this little brouhaha are going to be in a match in, in a match next week. So I'm really excited for that. Yeah. Um, this match. Looking at my scores, this has the highest rating of the show, four point five for this one. I loved it. Yeah, this match was so good. Like I said, it was my favorite match of the night, like just pure wrestling wise, no mm-hmm. gimmicks or anything. Actually, there's maybe one other match that I could put over this, but we will get to it in due mm-hmm. time. So now on to a one that I don't know if it should have been on the card or it should have been on in a different way, but let's get into it. It was Miro and Sabian versus Chuck and Orange. Brad, what were your expectations for this one? Um about what happened in this match, kind of Miro just beating the hell out of everyone. Uh, when we get into it, I love the way it started. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm happy how Miro won is what I wanted to happen. So I'm glad they made him look like a monster because mm-hmm. that's what they've mm-hmm. been lacking to do with him. So hopefully they keep it going. Yeah. So this one, this was uh, Miro and and Sabian. They jump Orange and Chuck in the. <laughs> in my notes, it says Orange and Cuck. Uh, <laughs> they jump Orange and Chuck in the backstage. Um, they put Chuck's head through a window. He gets busted up, and I think I believe the hard way because it was yeah. underneath his eye. So that's dangerous. And then he his arm lost... was bleeding too. Yeah, he could have lost an eye there. Um, Orange gets slammed on some sort of equipment. They drag Chuck out to the ring. Miro puts a mic up to him and says, you can join me now or I'm going to beat the hell out of you. And Chuck responds by asking him to ring the bell to start the match. So we have a handicap match, essentially. Mm-hmm. And they are just they're just beating down Chuck. He's getting a, a little bit of offense in, but not much at all. It, it's, it's a massacre. And then eventually Orange shows up. Miro runs out to meet him on the stage. Orange hits him with the orange punch. He gets in the match. They get a he and Chuck get a near fall against Sabian. Miro comes in, gets gets stun dogged by Orange Cassidy before kicking Orange's head clean off his body. Yeah. And then Chuck is then Chuck then gets into the match. I think Chuck was the legal man at that time. Orange mm-hmm. just tried to interfere and lost his life as a result. Um, yeah. Chuck gets put in the tap out or in the uh, in the game over. He taps out. In brutal fashion. The match was maybe a little long, but in this process, um, Orange Cassidy got knocked into Penelope Ford. She went and slammed her head on the railing. So Kip Sabian was actually dealing, looking after her throughout a decent chunk of the match. Mm -hmm. And afterwards, it looked like uh, Miro went over and was like, and Kip Sabian was like, what? He's like, I was looking after her. Like, why, why, why are you getting like they're having a bit of an argument? 
Yeah. And I think that we may hopefully see the breakup of Kip and Miro and subsequently the death of Kip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready for Miro to just start murdering everyone. Yeah, he he needs to go on the beast run soon. Mm-hmm. Um be built up as an act, as a star cuz he has not been. He is if you're going to say anyone has been the lower card on these cards, it's been Miro, which has been unfortunate. Yeah, which is he's surprising. Been, he's been pretty forgettable, which is again, he's a star, so they got to use him properly. I give this match uh 3.25 because the work was actually good but just the angle <laughs> itself and the length of the match just over long and by the time this match happened we just did not care yeah yeah it was and uh chuck bleeding added a lot to it and he posted on his twitter he's like i'm sure glad that glass was fake guys and his arm was all cut up <laughs> from when he went into it and stuff so yeah i'm pretty sure he got busted open the hard way yeah so. it, well you don't you don't cut you don't intentionally cut underneath your eye like that. Mm-hmm. Like he took a shard right under the eye, so yeah. damn. He's he's actually quite lucky. Yeah. Um but I guess if you're gonna put your head through some fake glass, that's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, next we had a interview segment with MJF and Jericho, and it's with Marvez. And Marvez asks them about being beaten by the young bucks. Um, how they failed and he said we don't fail um he said we should have we should have beaten the young bucks we're better than the young bucks he says that the inner circle has been through a lot lately that as you can see they're very depleted hager is away i guess training for his match that's um, would be my guess i don't know i know they did mention that he was training a few weeks ago okay um he says that they need uh, a change of battle plans, and on Wednesday this week they're going to do a an inner circle war council, which is <laughs> funny because every week is the, the inner, inner circle, circle something, something the inner circle <laughs> summit, the inner circle war council, the inner circle press conference, state of the state of the union. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, and then MJF grabs the mic and ominously agrees with Jericho, saying that yeah, that. He looks very stern. He says, yes, the inner circle does need a change. Yeah. And it's just like, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, he's just staring daggers through Jericho, too, as he says it. So, you know it's so, coming. Yeah, so I think the 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 change or the twist is coming. Um, I'm excited for that. I think it'll be good. Um, mm-hmm. We might see the return of Sammy in that. Or Sammy could still so. stay away for a while. He was live tweeting during the show. Mm-hmm. Like his reactions to the show, so he's starting to pop up even mm-hmm. on social media mm-hmm. now. So, yeah, so it'll be good. Um, yeah, I, I wonder if like maybe MJF will take the inner circle and maybe Sammy will back up Jericho. I could see that, which would be which would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, so next match we have Hangman versus Matt Hardy. What were your expectations for this one? Um. They were pretty middle. I figured a lot of interference. It'd be a slower paced match because of Hardy's uh, legs and his age. But it, I thought this match was pretty good watching it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be like the type of match that drags the show down because it's too long, which I did think it was a little too long. I think they probably mm-hmm. could have mm-hmm. shaved off about five minutes from this match or so. But 
I liked it. I didn't have too high of expectations going into it. I, I kind of figured the outcome just to advance Hangman's uh, trajectory to trajectory back to the top of the card. So this is a necessary step for him to gain his confidence back. Yeah, so I I don't disagree with anything you said there. My expectations were they were pretty low for this one, to be <laughs> honest. Um, again, because of the work rate, for lack of a better term, of uh, you said the name of our podcast. Yes, I did. <laughs> of of Hardy, he just he doesn't really have he doesn't really have it anymore, and they have to sort of mask his limitations in the matches. He is good at psychology. He is good at storytelling, which he did in this match very well. The problem is that they've told the story for two weeks now prior and that they're sort of retelling the story now with Hardy. They Mm -hmm. told it with Cassidy. They told it with Quinn and now they're telling it with Hardy, which is they target Hangman's shoulder and hand. They wear him down so that he can't do his move. He overcomes them and is able to hit the move in the end. Um, That's again, the story they told here. Um, And which the, like you said, who did he have the match with a couple weeks ago? Was it Cassidy? Cassidy, yeah. Yeah, that, I thought that match was better. It, exactly, that's mm-hmm. the problem. This match wasn't bad by any stretch. Mm-hmm. I thought, actually thought it was quite good for uh, for a Hardy match. They they masked they masked his limitations well by having him do a lot of limb work, a lot of hand work, mm-hmm. um, a lot of digit work, like working on the fingers. Um, I thought that was, it was effective and it was good. The problem is that it makes for a slightly boring match. And when the match goes long, it can, it can really draw it out yeah, longer than it has to. And like you said, it was probably at least five minutes too long. Yeah. And with Hardy being who he is and hangman being who he is, he should really be rolling over Hardy at this point. Yeah, he should. You would think, but, um, they should have made this match like a handicap match or something. Yeah. That, that would have been good. That, that been way good. it wouldn't seem like he, he would, had so much trouble with Matt Hardy. I mean, I like Matt Hardy too a lot, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. and he's a crafty veteran. But yeah, he shouldn't have this much trouble with him. Yeah, he's he's better in in tag matches at this mm-hmm. point, sort of like Chris Jericho being able to come in for spurts and yeah. then go outside and be a character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, then I, Isaiah Cassidy and and Mark Quinn got involved. They they got. Uh, knocked down by by Matt Hardy then outcome inner circle they they even the odds and hangman got the the ending was actually really well done he got knocked off the apron onto the waiting arms of the dark order did i say the inner circle again i think so uh, anyways i keep getting that <laughs> those names the... mixed up i can't uh, whatever dark order and it, so he falls onto dark order they catch him like they did that one time in a battle royal then they they fling him back up into the buckshot that he hits matt hardy with for the one two three i really like that it was a really cool yeah that ending, ending was awesome <laughs> yeah so that was very good mm-hmm. and then they br- he embraces the the dark order afterwards they they hug it out they bring out beers he's dark order celebrating beer. dark order beer <laughs> Yeah, it was it was heartwarming, mm-hmm. and I like that. Yeah, I so, liked it too. Three point two five for this one, like yeah. maybe like it was all right. <laughs> yeah, like uh, the it would probably get like three and a half stars from me. The mm-hmm. problem is that we have seen 
better versions of this exact match mm-hmm. on TV two weeks ago. Yeah. For sure. Okay. So then we have the face of the revolution ladder match, which was Penta versus Archer versus Cody versus Caster versus Scorpio Sky and the surprise Ethan Page. Mm-hmm. Which so, I had a feeling it was going to be him. Mm-hmm. If I had, if I was having trouble saying mixing up names earlier and mixing up Dark Order and Inner Circle, I'm going to have a hell of a time with all these pages and cages. <laughs> and <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm going to be, I'm going to be mixing up all over the place. Yeah. Um, what were your expectations for this one? Uh, they were actually pretty high, and it may sound harsh, but this ladder match kind of didn't meet the expectations that I had. It's not that I didn't like this ladder match. I actually thought it was a really good ladder match. But just in my head, with Pinta and uh, Caster and Scorpio and uh, uh, Lance Archer, like I thought this was just going to be like just high spot, high spot, high spot, car crash, car crash, car crash, which I had those spots for sure, but it wasn't too crazy and... When we get to it, you'll know why. There's one angle they did in the match that kind of took me out of it. And we'll we'll get to it when you bring it up. Yeah, so um, I agree with you 100% there. <laughs> I, um, I've actually felt like other than the Bucks versus Lucha Bros match, they haven't had a good ladder match. Not Not a good ladder match, but none of their ladder matches have reached their potential. Yeah. Um, they, Especially they all always, the people they have in the company, they like. always fall be- fall below the hope mm-hmm. that you have for the match. Yeah, and, and that, I was that... thinking. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say the expectations. That's totally on me. Get get too hyped up with like you know Lance Archer. They have destroyed people. I just wanted him to like rip a ladder in half or something during this match. I don't know. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that we it wouldn't be that glaring if we haven't if we hadn't seen so many incredible and consistent ladder matches from wwe mm-hmm. yeah wwe they, they, you can't take that away from them. they know how to book a ladder match they've been doing expert ladder matches for decades at mm-hmm. this point and um it shows yeah like a like compared to any ladder match from nxt or even the WWE uh, main shows, it's uh, it's kind of night and day. And to me, it has to do with pacing. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like AW has quite paced out their ladder matches yet. The the Bucks one, the Bucks versus Lucha Bros, was an exception to this to this rule. That yeah. match was phenomenal. So I know they can do it. It's just they don't. They tend to just like. This guy does a spot, and then the other guys go away. And then this guy mm-hmm. does a spot, and then the other guys go away. And it's kind of boring to watch. Yeah, maybe like it feels like something's off. Yeah, we haven't got to the surprise new person yet, but maybe with them there now, they can because they're a ladder match master. Maybe they can help them put these matches together better. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, I didn't even think about that. I just yeah, thought so of I'm, it right now. So <laughs> I'm gonna go through, and I'm gonna just give some highlights from each person. Mm-hmm. Um. So, oh, first right away, we got to talk about how big this brass ring was. Oh my god, <laughs> it looked like a Sonic looked, ring from Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> it looked like a giant inflatable Sonic the Hedgehog ring. Yeah, it looked like something to keep you afloat in a pool or something. It was ridiculous, <laughs> and I like, get the point behind it, but it made me laugh. It was comical. Mm-hmm. 
It was comical. Like I understand the the cute little jab at WWE, but it's comical. I think it should have been almost like a kettlebell, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know what those look like? Something like that. Just like a one like ring that you could grab with one hand. Mm-hmm. I think in my be head cool. when they first announced it, I was thinking like a literal ring, like the one the MJF one in the Battle Royale. That's what <laughs> I was thinking in my head. But it'd look funny on a ladder match because you could barely see it hanging up there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so this one, uh, pretty much everything involving Lance Archer was awesome. He was mm-hmm. great in this. He was a huge highlight. Um, he stuck out completely in this one. However, he did kind of look like the ghost of Christmas present. Like yeah, he we kept talking he was, about that. <laughs> he was dressed in red and green, and his mohawk was red, and his ponytail was red and green. Mm-hmm. He had green pants with red stitching all over them. He looked like a Christmas ornament. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> Which was bizarre choice on his part, but his work was amazing. And funny enough, the the highlight for him for me is not something you would think of from him, but it was a rising knee of all things. In oh the yeah. To Scorpio Sky that sent him flying on that onto a ladder on the outside, rough. going right through it, which was amazing. Yeah, that landing was rough too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it looked brutal. Ethan Page looked really good in this match um, mm-hmm. for a debut. I really liked him in it. He had a really nice splash mountain on Scorpio Sky as well, mm-hmm. where he uh, he he splash mountain Scorpio Sky onto a ladder onto a Lance Archer. Lance Archer ladder sandwich. Yeah. That had to be <laughs> uncomfortable for everyone involved in that besides Ethan Page. But Scorpio Sky <laughs> was a bump machine in this one, man. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. taken all the bumps. Yeah. Um Penta was a madman. He hit a crazy destroyer to Cody on a ladder that actually it took Cody out of the match for an extended period of time and the doctors ended up leading him out and through the tunnel, but you could see them back this, there and used That's what I was talking about earlier that took me out of this match because you could see cody the whole time so whenever they did the wide shot i was like well you could just see cody right there get him further back so i can't see him i think i think you were supposed to be able to see i him. think so i think you're supposed to show how frustrated he was but it, it kept taking my focus away from like the match mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. plus i didn't want cody was... to win this so i was like oh god they're gonna do this angle yeah it looked like uh it was cody was trying to get back to the ring and the doctors weren't letting him mm-hmm was what it looked like to me and then it's okay so we're talking about cody so cody coming back out from the injury to me it looked like he was going to win this thing and i was so worried that's how he comes he comes back out swinging swinging the belt and some people said this was like a negative for the match like for for me like no this is a positive he worked us yeah like he had us being like oh no cody can't win he had booze there were booze I was gonna say, for Cody. Yeah, he, people were booed him when he, he made his comeback. <laughs> yeah, Ethan Page was going up to grab the ring, and he pulled Ethan Page off the ladder, and they booed Cody. Yeah. Um, and that that's a thing, because he, like he said, he is the face of the company. He mm-hmm. is the face of the revolution. And the reason why I hate it when he came back out, slash loved it, was because an EVP winning the face of the company or re- winning the revolution. Face, face of, of the, the revolution. Com- yeah. Face of the <laughs> tongue twister. Face of the revolution by grabbing the brass ring is such a heel move. Yeah. Like it's such a bad look to have him grab the brass ring. Yeah. In the company. Is... 
it's serious heel shit and mm-hmm. there yeah as as we said there's even booze when he came out scorpio sky had a great match he was as i said the bump master mm-hmm. um he had a number of really nice spots including this ridiculous frog splash that he completely sold out for um, where he hit Caster, who was lying on a ladder, and just bumped like eight feet in the air. Yeah, he hit him so hard with that frog splash, the ladder like jumped up too. <laughs> it yeah, nice. it jumped up and caught Sky. Um, yeah, yeah. That's what Caster also Caster had a nice sunset flip. I mm-hmm. I don't know who it was on Ethan Page. A sunset flip or sunset bomb, I guess. Yeah, off of off of a ladder. So huge impact on Ethan Page. And in the end, the Dark Horse ended up winning this match, and it was Scorpio Sky. He grabbed yeah. the comically large Sonic the Hedgehog. Ring. Yeah, he gets chili dogs now. If we're going to keep making Sonic references. Somebody posted on Twitter, it was Minoru Suzuki squaring up with Shadow the Hedgehog, and like, this needs to be the next <laughs> Brass Ring match. And it made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So uh, this one, I, I'd say it was very good. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be amazing. He's yeah. very good. 3.75 Yeah, for me oh, on this one. Before we move on, we got to talk about Jake the Snake. He did a short arm clothesline oh, yes. and then took a super kick from Pinta and then sat on the apron selling the super kick, just looking like your drunk uncle at the family barbecue sitting there. That was hilarious. <laughs> he looked like he was wheezing. And... Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, oh. it was fun. It's just, like I said, the the Cody stuff, I, I get it why they did it, but to me, it, it took me out of the match too much. I was like, oh, they're doing this. He's going to come back and win it. I'm glad he didn't. I like the Scorpio guy had to last get past Cody to get the brass ring. Like, it was good. It was, mm-hmm. I, I could, I know what they were doing. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, for me, I didn't dislike the Cody angle. I thought the Cody angle worked. He got heat. He got booze. That's what they're trying to do. Especially if they're, if they are maybe going to weave him in toward the the, the four horsemen stuff, stuff yeah. this is a good start mm-hmm. um, for that. So I like that. Um, I don't know if Scorpio Sky is going to get a win over, over Derby Allen this next week. So supposedly that match is happening this next week. So that's fun. Um, Darby Allen may not make it to that match. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it was it was very good, but not great. Yeah. Which, uh, sort of the theme of the show. Okay, so moving on to the next segment, which was the reveal of the secret, mysterious signing that they had. And... It was the music hits and it's Christian. It's a reworked version mm-hmm. of Christian Cage's old TNA. Music. Yeah, they even did like the, the countdown like he used to have there and stuff. And Out comes Christian Cage. He doesn't say anything. He signs the contract and leaves it on the stage and walks to the back. And I'm actually really excited about this. I actually think he's he was the best person for this mm-hmm. or he was the best case scenario. We knew we weren't going to get CM Punk. They told us we weren't going to yeah, get but... CM Punk. I don't know why people Cause are it's upset the that they're not getting CM Punk. Yeah. It was like, Paul White even said, it's not who you think it is. Yeah, meaning like CM he, Punk. He, le- he can't legally say 
it's not CM Punk on the air. Mm-hmm. So just uh, like if somebody says you're not getting CM Punk, and then you're like, oh, I'm so upset that it's not We're like, well, that's your fault. Yeah, yep. <laughs> like, yep. they told you it wasn't him. They told mm-hmm. you it wasn't him, and they told you it was gonna be Christian Cage because Paul White said a hall of a hall of fame worthy talent. What people have been saying for the past eight years at this point is that why isn't Christian in the Hall of Fame? He's a Hall of Hall of Fame worthy talent. That was as heavy a hint as they could have mm-hmm. given us. From day one, I knew it was going to be Christian Cage. Yeah. From day one, as soon as Paul White said that, I was like, it's Christian. Of course it is. Especially with him having just appeared on WWE and then not signing. Yeah, of course it's him. Yeah. So when he when I saw that people were disappointed, I, like, oh, this wasn't what I expected. It's like, really? It wasn't? I thought it was a pretty heavy-handed hint on uh, on Paul White's part, but... Yeah, like, uh, as long as it wasn't RVD or or uh, or Kurt Angle, I was going to be happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which Kurt Angle made everyone think it was going to be him tweeting all those videos. Yeah, he he. Credit to Kurt Angle, he capitalized on the hype by uh, putting out that hype video, which ended up just being for his podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so good for him. He got yeah. some people talking about him. I'm so glad it wasn't him for this because. He can't work anymore. He's going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, they, actually, they should sign him as an agent and as a trainer. That would be brilliant. Yeah, I don't know if he wants to do that, though, because that's why he left WWE. He thought he was going to be wrestling more, but WWE didn't want him to get hurt and stuff. So, Oh, yeah. Like, I would never put him in a match. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's like, why I, he, he probably won't get signed anywhere, because I doubt people want to be the company that had Kurt Angle get injured on their show. Yeah. No chance. No chance. Yeah. Okay, so the next spot we have after that huge reveal, which I do not think was a disappointment in any shape or form. Like I said, if, if you think it's bad, you can tweet at me. It's at not so rad Brad on Twitter. We can talk about <laughs> it because it's awesome. And like yeah, I was saying, it's great with the ladder match stuff. Like he's he's the perfect guy that can help them work those types of matches because he's been in all those classic ladder matches. And we saw at the at the Royal Rumble, he can still go. Mm-hmm. You can't be psyched about edge and then down on christian it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense anyways on to the street fight which this was really fucking cool but what brad what were your uh expectations of this one i try to think like because i didn't know if it was gonna be cinematic or just like a straight up pro wrestling style street fight and then i started seeing reports that they had taped some of it so i thought it was gonna be like a hybrid but this was all taped, and this blew any expectation I had out of the water. This was incredible. This was awesome. This is up there with my favorite cinematic matches of all time. I love this. This was yeah. so cool. I This is the best cinematic match I've seen by a long shot. Yeah. I don't really consider... I guess you can sort of consider the, uh, the Stadium Stampede a cinematic match in a sense. Mm-hmm. because it was filmed ahead of time. But this one was cinematic, like, right down, like, the definition of the word cinematic. Yeah, it was like camera cuts and all sorts of stuff. It was filmed like a Dream movie. shots. Yeah, it was. it was. It was filmed like an action movie, which was incredible. So and I had, Darby I had a lot of hope. What, worked like 90% of this 
like helped edit it and stuff like 90 percent of the movie yeah he said he he worked on it for weeks Hmm. and he had a lot of help from from ricky starks uh Hmm. putting it together actually so the two of them were uh sort of the creative leads on it Mm -hmm. and like yeah it had darby allen's fingerprints all over it which is why i knew it was going to be good yeah because he is a film major Mm -hmm. he dropped out of film school to sign with aw yeah um yeah so i had high hopes for the cinematic street fight and it blew away those expectations Mm -hmm. i was honestly burned out of cinematic matches a few months ago and even at their peak i never really loved them like a like the best one would be the uh the stadium stampede but i i did i thought the undertaker one was overrated I thought the elite oh, I, like dele- I thought the elite deletion one was good at best, passable, most likely, maybe even bad, depending <laughs> depending <laughs> on the mood I'm in. Yeah, like, it, uh, it that one was okay. It wasn't like the old TNA ones; those were the best. It, it was corny ones. Yeah, it was corny, and I didn't like it. And it, it just there there was no sense to be made of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one was done artfully this was expertly done the lighting was beautiful sting's offense and bumps were Mm -hmm. super believable in this one like he looked like he was really laying in these shots and i was wondering like what's the difference between him doing this filmed ahead of time and doing this in the ring is like that's how believable it was yeah he even he even hit a uh sunset a sunset flip on starks at one point and i was like is that a stunt double? Yeah. That's, <laughs> like what's that's going the only on? time I think maybe they, I was like, did they edit him, someone else in there doing that? Cause there's a quick cut and you see him do it. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. But then they had uh the, the setting in the warehouse was amazing. Yeah. It was, it was just campy enough, uh, to look really dark and gritty, like an action movie, like escape from New York mm-hmm. without it being corny. Yeah. And when it was corny, like the cheesiness worked, like when Darby, tossed the bat out of a window three stories to for sting to catch it in one (laughs) hand like thor calling calling his hammer i was like this is so cool this is comic book shit and i Mm -hmm. love it yeah and sting and darby's face paint was cool like the half and half oh yeah they they both had half and half face paint so darby had one half sting one half darby and same with sting and that looked amazing Mm -hmm. um Somehow they made the ring in this random warehouse not seem out of place. Yeah, because it was is a pretty rundown looking ring too, so it fit the aesthetic. Like unlike Elite Deletion, where when they got to the ring, I was like, "What the fuck? Why?" Yeah. <laughs> or e- even but the funny thing is that's the ring that Matt Hardy actually has at his house. <laughs> so it's, it is Matt Hardy. That's that's really funny. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like, and even in Stadium Stampede, when they started in the ring, I did not like that part. I was like, why the hell are they starting in a ring? Oh, this yeah. doesn't make any sense. That was ridiculous. But for whatever reason, it made sense here. Um, mm-hmm. 
Darby took some absolutely ghoulish bumps in this, including just being chucked through a door by Brian Cage. Oh my gosh, that was the first instance where I was like, okay, we got something special going on here. Brian Cage, that door exploded. (laughs) Brian Cage picked him up in a vertical stalling suplex and just carried him up a flight of stairs. That's spot of the year. Nothing's talking that for me. He (laughs) walked upstairs holding him in a suplex position and then dropped him on a trash can. Like... That's that's all I want in pro wrestling. I don't need anything else. Hook and Hobbs showed up. They looked amazing. They looked like absolute goons. I hope Hobbs keeps the orange mask that he wore, like as part of his entrance gear now, because he looked cool as hell. Yeah, the orange mask is really cool. Um, Taz might actually have a little gimmick infringement of his own, because that's kind of a Brody King's thing. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, is the the that goon mask that he wears? Hell, they, um, they got to deal with New Japan now. Bring him on to Team Taz too. He'd be a good. Fit. Oh my god, that that's that's the one guy from Ring of Honor that I want mm-hmm. is uh, Brody King. But we'll get to that another day. Um, <laughs> Hook looked amazing in this. He finally had no shirt on. I don't know. It sounds a little weird me saying that, but he looked amazing. Yeah, he looked um, good. He's in really good shape. He hit the, his, his offense is so believable. He hit his judo throw on Darby. He uh, Hobbs was just holding him while uh, while Hook was just like using him in like a sandbag. Mm-hmm. Um, they Hobbs and oh my god, they gotta be a a tag team. Hook and Hobbs, that'd be cool. Oh my god, please make that happen. Anyway, yeah. they pick up Darby and just sling him through a window. <laughs> yeah, like a, a window propped up against the wall. Through a pane pane glass window. He gets, yeah, and then the gets, rest of it falls on his head <laughs> when he goes through it. So he got like, double whammied there. Just ridiculous. And then I I have to go back and look at this, but was it was it all the guys except for Ricky Starks were on the they're on the surface and he goes for an elbow drop from like three stories up. Hits the Darby elbow Allen? drop. Yeah. That was just on Brian Cage. That was just on Brian Cage. Okay, mm-hmm. so he hits this elbow drop from like three stories up so high. He's, he's dropping forever. He hits Brian Cage. That floor or that surface gives way, and they just disappear into the black Yeah, abyss. they just fall into a black void. <laughs> so Darby Allen might be dead. We don't know. He might not yeah. be making it to Dynamite on Wednesday, which yeah. would actually be super cool. Mm-hmm. If they just had to give the belt to Scorpio Sky, I would love yeah. that. Yeah, um, yeah. He just—I mean, because it looked like they fell another two or three stories after that elbow drop. Or if he just showed up and he's so beat up that Scorpio Sky is able to beat him, mm-hmm. that would be amazing. Um, then back in the ring, uh, Sting is facing off with with Ricky Starks. They're going one on one. Sting's hitting his moves. He's hitting the. His his chops to the throat. He's hitting his stinger splashes, and then he hits the the scorpion death drop for the win. Mm-hmm. And then it pans up on Sting's face as he turns to look at the camera, and it's a close up. It <laughs> just looks so cool. And yeah. I don't know how anyone could watch that and objectively not enjoy that match. Yeah, I think the biggest gripe I saw online was people saying they didn't like the commentary over it, which. I had mentioned it to you when it first started, but it did bother me after a while. I kind of forgot about it. I actually like that. Mm-hmm. I like commentary on these matches. Um, I liked it during the Stadium Stampede. I liked it during this. 
that's just that's uh that's that's entirely subjective yeah um because i i found it weird when watching wwe versions where we would watch it, there'd be no commentary. And then it would cut back and they'd be like, all right, so that was fun. Yeah. And it was very jarring. So the actually, only time it worked was at WrestleMania last year when they did the um, Funhouse match with John Cena and, and yes. The Fiend. And yes. it cut to uh, uh, Titus O'Neil and he was just like, oh. <laughs> that was like the only time it really worked. That was good. That was yeah. very good. I do remember that. That was a good, that was a good gif <laughs> or a good meme. Um yeah, the one the one thing where it's a little awkward is sometimes, and this isn't specific to this match. This is all the matches. Taz isn't amazing at doing commentary on his own guys <laughs> because he doesn't sound upset enough. Yeah, like he almost sounds like he's faking. He's like he's like, oh guys, come on, please kick out. Oh shucks. Well, yeah. we get back to the drawing board. It's mm-hmm. it's weird. It's like unless. Sometimes he does really sound upset when Hook's out there. Oh, what the hell? Well, yes. When Hook was in the bag, mm-hmm. he's like, what the hell is this shit? Yeah. <laughs> that was good. He needs more of that. He needs to be angry. And yeah. he, I find that he plays a, a little... It doesn't sound real. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't sound like a, the actual leader of that faction would not yeah. be calling it that way. And especially we know how grumpy Taz is. He's been grumpy his whole career, so he should yes. be a lot more grumpy. Yes, I think he should be uh he should be complaining a bit more as opposed mm-hmm. to being like, "Oh, with all due respect, these guys were really good tonight." When talking about the other team, it's like, "Ah, eh, it's a little odd." Yeah. Or like whenever his guys get pinned, he just goes like, "Oh, no." <laughs> it's like, "No, Taz, you sound like a cartoon." Yeah. When his guys <laughs> losing, he's to come there, put him in the Taz mission. All right. Okay, so now let's get on to the match that everyone is talking about, or for good or bad. <laughs> yeah, for good or bad, which is Kenny versus Moxley, and uh, I actually thought this match was absolutely fantastic. Me too. I love this um, match. Yeah, I thought the match itself was great. I I bought in hook, line, and sinker from the beginning. They were really, they were really. Um, putting forth the drama uh it was very much about being pushed into the into the ropes into the explosions i thought they could have done that a little bit more um when they left the ring and were doing stuff outside the ring i was like hey what are you doing mm-hmm. <laughs> like when they went up on the rampway it's like no, no no get get back in there yeah um but yeah the drama of it was was so good the use of the the chair wrapped in the barbed wire really good the the exploding uh, Onita bat was incredible. Yeah, it had the best explosion of the of the match. Yeah, um, and yeah. I don't even mean to have to have that sound like a joke, um, but like it it looked really good. It looked like the mm-hmm. original Onita bat when yeah. it explodes. Um, I thought Sp- it had the the spot I really liked during this match is the one wing angel. Uh, Yes. Instead of Moxley kicking out because they don't want to give that up yet, if somebody kicking out of it is he kicks the uh, the barbed wire, so a s- explosion goes off and it hits Kenny in the face. Like I thought that was like such a clever spot. I love that spot. That was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and didn't he hit the? Did he hit the one ringed angel on a chair too? Yeah, that's like, how he won brutal. the match. That's how he won. Um, then uh, Moxley hit Kenny with the paradigm shift DDT. 
onto one of those exploding pads of uh of barbed wire and the, mm-hmm. it it looked brutal he just took a header onto barbed wire yeah it was awesome and he and kenny was cut up and he was he had a gusher going and that's the first time i've ever seen kenny do that so yeah i haven't seen kenny like gig like that ever i've ever. seen him bleed in matches but that's like hard way bleeding but i've never seen him like blade but uh and it can't be not mentioned that I absolutely loved the shirt that Kenny was wearing. Mm, yes. The barbed wire deathmatch shirt. I bought it. I don't care when we get to the ending, if it was a disappointment, that shirt was amazing and I'll still wear it with pride whenever it gets here. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a really cool <laughs> shirt. It looked like a grindhouse poster, which yeah, I really like. It reminded me of like the old days of, uh, this dude I used to go to high school with, uh, that would he was a tape trader, like a wrestling tape trader, and when he'd yes. give me tapes and stuff, that's what the covers would look like and stuff. Very cool. Very <laughs> cool. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, so I I just thought this match was this match was it was great. They executed this match perfectly, and we get to the ending, and this is what everybody is talking about. So what happens is the 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 Good Brothers run in, and I actually thought the Good Brothers were involved a little too much. Yeah. They, I like they them bringing the, the bat match. out to give to Kenny, but they didn't need to be too much yeah. more into it. They, they they interfere in the match, so he hits he hits uh, Moxley with the with the one winged angel for the win. Then they handcuff him, and he's inside the ring. So he they've already won. Um, they handcuff him, and they're beating him down. They're beating him down. And it's really brutal. They're beating him down. The the clock counting down to the explosion is still coming. And they had advertised that the ring would explode when that happened. They said it would. They said it was going to be violent. They said, you will be shocked at what happens. So it was like, oh my God, they're beating him down. So he's not going to be able to get out of the ring. And this is how they're going to write off Moxley. Mm -hmm. This is incredible. And then out on the rampway, there's a commotion. And you see Eddie Kingston. And Eddie Kingston is literally fighting off his own family. To mm-hmm. get to the ring, because he is finally going out there. His there's no more friends for Moxley. Moxley doesn't have any friends, but his one former friend turned enemy, who now he remembers that Moxley is his one true friend who's had his back through his whole time in AEW. Yeah, even so when he they comes were running each out other. there, he's trying to get Moxley out of the ring. He can't get him out of the ring. He sees that the timer's ticking down. He covers him. Like he's jumping on a grenade, and I was freaking. I was like, "This is the greatest thing I've ever seen." Yeah, I was like, "This is absolutely I, amazing." I practically had tears in my eyes. It's like this is so good. This is so good. And then the timer hits. Some little sparklers start to sparkle on the ring posts. They get a little bit bigger, then they fizzle out. There's a tiny puff of smoke, and then just like a little fart, mm-hmm. a little fart cloud comes up. And I was like, oh, God, no. Yeah. And I was like, wait, here comes the boom? Here comes yeah, that's more? Why I, th- I thought it was going to be like a delay and then boom. And then but. nothing happens. And Ken- and Kingston, being the consummate professional, continues to sell. He continues to sell. And he's over top of Moxley. He continues to sell. The, the, the refs and the paramedics run in the ring and they take him off and he's lying on the ground like he's been shot, like mm-hmm. he actually got hit by a mortar. It was like, sir, the most you got was a slight singe yeah, from a sparkler. You, you getting some sweat going. 
It was like I I wasn't laughing even though you could laugh at this. I the message I tweeted it out or that I put out was so Roman candles. Yeah. Like that's what that was. Um I just I feel bad that Kingston kept selling it. I was sad. I'm sure for that's him. what he, that's what he was told to do. So he kept doing it. I wish <laughs> there was a way they could have called an audible after that happened like cut to the like have Kingston like look around like what the hell and then cut back to Kenny laughing in the back or something like I tricked you guys or something like that or Yeah, you see obviously Kingston isn't going to know what happened. Mm-hmm. Because he's face down. He's not looking. He doesn't know what happened. Um, but I, I felt bad for him because mm-hmm. he, he gave an Oscar worthy performance yeah. there. And I was just like, like I kept saying to you, we were watching this together in mm-hmm. a Google hangout. And I just kept saying, Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. Over, like I wasn't, I was just like, Oh, I'm sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, this is so like, this was the best closing angle. And it's ruined. Yeah. Yeah. I kept saying it was unfortunate to say the least. They should have hit like gimmick the ring to where it fell apart. Something to make it look shook in the cameras or something. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So then afterwards there is, they usually, they have these um, exclusives, these social media exclusives. So they have Moxley gets on the mic afterwards and he says, so Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega, he's a tough son of a bitch son of a bitch but he can't build an an exploding uh an exploding ring for shit mm-hmm. so they're using they're gonna use that as the angle is that kenny omega like they they did show him um working away on it he constructed this mm-hmm. with the hammer and everything they're gonna show it that kenny omega wasn't successful in killing off moxley mm-hmm. is the storyline they're going with the problem is that it's a pivot yeah, like it's an obvious pivot. This wasn't planned. It obviously misfired. Mm-hmm. It was a dud. Whoever did the pyro fucked up. You yeah, can't. Like, I wonder if they like couldn't. Like, if like there's some, but like we were talking about right before we started recording. Like some of the pyro tonight for their entrances was bigger than what happened in the yeah, ring. The, the they had guys coming out to in the casino battle royale with bigger pyro. Mm-hmm. Pentagon June. Penta Zero L Zero M had bigger pyro. Mm-hmm. Cody had bigger pyro. Cody's baby had bigger pyro. Yeah. yeah. Like a just like even just like the cane flames from the ring post, like it's easily doable. Yeah. It's easily doable by codes to have smoke and mirrors. Come on, guys. Yeah. Like they had to have tested it already. Yeah. And you would you would think they did test it, and the thing is it's live. And shit happens. Yeah, that's yeah. It's like it's unfortunate, and it'll get memed the hell for about a week, and then something crazy will happen in the world of wrestling, and everyone will move on. And honestly, when this happens, you deserve it. It's mm-hmm. like okay, like take the L. Yeah, that's um, all you can do. And you can either do what they're doing, try to pivot, like oh something messed up. You can go with the joke, like yeah, this was pretty disappointing. <laughs> Well, the problem is that their kayfabe doesn't work if they go with well it's a they either undermine their kayfabe in that Kingston now looks really weak Kingston and Moxley look really weak as a result mm-hmm. because of that imagery of that being what took them out. Or like yeah. Kings 
Kingston's valiant like sacrifice for his best friend was that with some sparklers, or you sort of toss him under the bus. Not quite, because I know they're going to continue to pivot here. But by pivoting and saying that, oh yeah, it was Kenny Omega failed to take out Moxley. Okay, then please explain why Kingston is dead in the ring right now. If he failed to take out Moxley, how did he take out Kingston? Um, But they have said that they are going to explain it on Dynamite this week. They are, that's going to be the focal point okay. for them I'm sure this week. Everyone working on it night and day to try to come yep. up with some story. You know, Kingston's going to be on the mic. Um, he's, yeah, I'm I mean, actually, yeah, Kingston can talk his way out of anything. So yeah, just give talk, it, <laughs> you can talk his way out of a shoebox for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so just let him do it. I'm honestly really excited to see what he comes up with. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. It's unfortunate. And, it's like uh, what Stone Cold always said: you got to turn. Sometimes you got to turn. Uh, you got to turn chicken shit into ch- chicken salad. So you know. And the thing is, AEW has done that multiple times, mm-hmm. not to this scale, because right now they killed a pay per view. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they killed the premier angle that they've been building for months, mm-hmm. which sucks. It's really unfortunate. Hopefully they'll be able to pivot, but they did this with Christopher Daniels when he fucked up that Arabian moonsault. Yeah. They turned it into an angle. They did it with the with the Dark Order when they had that minion throwing phantom punches. They turned it into an angle. <laughs> yeah. Like they have been able to To me that phantom punch thing is worse than this exploding ring, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean none of it's great. It's like yeah. they're all Whenever something like this happens, they're able to turn it into a positive. Mm-hmm. So I'm willing, like, I'm not willing to give them a pass. Like, if it's not good, it's not good, and mm-hmm. whatever. I wish the ring had exploded. It, it's not good, but I'm willing to see what they can do with it. Yeah. Yeah. They should have, yeah. just They could even just put a bunch of pyro under the, the ring, just regular pyro. and just. It's unfortunate because no matter what, their creative has to change. Whatever they have planned, they have to change it. Yeah. So that's what kind of sucks. This was definitely going to write me. Mox off, but I'm sure they're going to have to find a way to write him off this Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw somebody tweeting that they have, like, it would suck to have to run this back, but, like, there, maybe they might have to do something on Wednesday, like Moxley versus Kenny is the main event or something. Mm-hmm. Then and, the ring uh, blows up. Maybe not the ring blows up, but they gotta, <laughs> they gotta do something. Mm-hmm. They got, they gotta make right on this. Yeah, like maybe Kenny's furious and he's like, "Okay, I screwed up." Like yeah. he, he's what, like, I'm "Maybe you can blame it on Callus." What the hell did you do to the explosion? Like, get back out here and let's do it again. I know you have pride or some shit. Mm-hmm. I'm not a writer, but <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying. For like, sure, these are creative people. They can come up with something. Mm-hmm to attempt to salvage this it won't be it won't be the masterpiece that it was until that little fart happened um yeah the the one thing with like i completely buy i I mean not buy but like i admire what tony khan is doing by trying to kayfabe it Mm -hmm. the problem is that within that he also said what did you expect us to do? Blow them up? And I was like, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's, 
that's it. Don't say mm-hmm. that. Like, even within your kayfabing, like, I understand that in kayfabe, you can't admit you were wrong. I don't expect him to admit he was wrong. Behind mm-hmm. closed doors, if you had a conversation with Tony Khan, he'd tell you they fucked up. Yeah. I'm sure whenever it happened, him watching backstage, he's like, what the fuck was that? But during this kayfabe angle where they're saying that Kenny Omega fucked it up, he can't admit fault for this. Mm-hmm. He can't say, oh, yeah, our fire our firework was a dud. He yeah. can't say that. So yeah. don't expect him to say that. I'm sure in a few weeks, like if you do an interview with him, he'll be like, yeah, that was a mistake. And I wish we hadn't messed that up. Mm-hmm. That was a big missed opportunity. And it also, it's a little heartbreaking, and I hope they can continue this momentum. And I think they will, especially going into April without having to go against NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to be probably regularly breaking a mill anyways, so it doesn't matter. But they easily broke their pay-per-view buy rate. Easily. Um, the, everybody has said that they, they got the biggest buys going into this like the buzz was huge the whole wrestling world was talking about it yeah and then you got all the eyes on you and then you had that yeah. it's like oh yeah. shit like yeah. i hopefully it doesn't have people be like oh never mind i'm not gonna watch aw and they just leave uh, like obviously obviously their fans won't but people mm-hmm. who were who had bought into this one specifically with the hype yeah, I hope not either. I it, it probably won't be too too many people turned off because from what I've seen online is yeah people are laughing at the uh, the ending, but I still see people saying this was a very good match. Oh, the match was like honestly, I would have given it five stars. Mm-hmm. I would have given it five stars because of the ending. I drop it down to three. Yeah, <laughs> like take away twenty percent. Oh no! Yeah. Sorry, drop it down to four. Like, uh, it's sorry. Think of it like I would have given it a ten instead. I gave it an eight. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was, it was perfect, and that ending was perfect until the fart. Yeah, That's all I will yeah, call it. Moxley sacrificed himself and the face turn and all that. It was great. If it's still up on Ron Ron Funches, he's a comedian on his Twitter. If it's still up because they have been taking down some of the videos of the explosion, which is unfortunate because mm-hmm. it makes them look bad. Yeah. You just um, gotta, AW, you just gotta roll with it, man. You just, yeah. You gotta take your L with move it. on. Yeah. Um, but he attached fart sound effects to it. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's the funniest. <laughs> I, I walked past and my partner had that video up on her screen. She does not watch wrestling, but she follows Ron Funches. <laughs> and I walked past. It's just like, is that the exploding barbed wire deathmatch explosion? And she's like, <laughs> yes. And she plays it. And it's just like. That's hilarious. <laughs> My favorite one was uh, they just put like, not even GIFs, just JPEGs of explosions. Like here. <laughs> like that was pretty funny. But you just, AEW, you got to roll with it. Everyone's just kind of, you just got to roll with it. And everyone will eventually move on. Because if you get yourself in on the joke, then no one can really make fun of you for it anymore. Yeah, so I'm I'm honestly like I'm now it's in a in a funny backwards way. I'm now super excited for this Wednesday because I want to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I want to see how I, they try to get around it. 
I'm a super fan anyways. I haven't missed an episode. I was going to watch it anyways. But yeah, like I, yeah. this is the type of thing that would be like, well, I have to see how they explain this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious <laughs> to see what they're, how they're going to try to explain the way out of this one. And even if it's like, yeah, film something afterwards, like one of the refs going backstage to cut a wire or something. But then you got to worry about why Kingston sold it like he died. But yeah, that's that's the one thing is Kingston's going to have to come. He's going to have to come out with his some of his wizardry. And mm-hmm. the thing is, I know he can. Yeah, that's the thing. I know he can and I know he will. And people will really want to believe Kingston. Mm-hmm. Like he's just a believable guy that what he tells me people, I think people will believe it like gospel. Yeah. So I'm excited to to watch a master do his thing. Me too. This week. All right. Uh, so I think that wraps it up this week. Um, if you want to t- actually please like and give us some, well, I guess you can't like on, on podcasts, but please give us some reviews on podcasts. It really helps. Yeah. On the, on Apple or on, I guess you can't like on Spotify. Just give us a listen. Um, give us a follow on, on Twitter at work rate podcast on twitter and uh we will see you in just like three days yeah we'll see you guys in a couple days (laughs) good great i'm so tired yeah this is the last (laughs) AEW hell week for a while so yes thank god um (laughs) yeah i i i apologize for my stuffy nose i can see on the uh on our little feedback thing that might have been picking up my stuffy nose a little bit every (laughs) once in a while my breathing so i apologize for that um we will we'll catch you i guess you'll hear us from us again on thursday yeah see you guys bye